When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, dear students. Teacher Sam here, and welcome to yet another episode of You, Me, and Words. I would like to start tonight's episode by saying thank you very much for all your support with this podcast. Honestly, uh, this podcast started about a year ago or so, just like an idea. You know, I was thinking, what would it be like if, uh, you know, I record a couple of episodes and just talk about English and try to help other English learners out there uh, to improve, to get better, to learn something new. And so here we are, uh, almost a year later, I would say, more or less, four seasons later. And thank you so much for your, for your support. I really, really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to continue with this podcast for sure every single week. Uh, and I hope that our community of listeners grows larger and larger and larger. Thank you very, very, very much. Okay, now guys, I know that I usually post a new episode every Wednesday this week was really really busy uh, so I'm back tonight with this new episode better late than ever as we say in English right so I would like to continue to read this book Charlotte's Web with you guys here remember we are on chapter 13 so I'm going to start reading chapter 13 uh, right now if this is your first time listening to this podcast I strongly, strongly recommend that you go back and uh, listen to all the other chapters that I have already posted and uploaded. Uh, and I should mention that Charlotte's Web is one of my absolutely favorite English books. And that's exactly why I'm reading it here with you guys. Uh, partially because I want to help you understand just English reading in general help, help you understand it a little bit better, but also because uh, it's truly one of my favorite books and I wanted to share this wonderful story with you guys here. So for those of you who have listened to all these 13 chapters of the book, I hope you like this book as much as I do. Okay, so here we go, guys. Chapter 13, Good Progress. Far into the night, while the other creatures slept, Charlotte worked on her web. First, she ripped out a few of the orb lines near the center. She left the radio lines alone as they were needed for support. As she worked, her eight legs were a great help to her. She were, so were her teeth. She loved to weave and she had an egg no 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 she was an expert at it um when she was finished ripping things out her web looked something like this so hopefully you guys have hopefully you guys have 
the book Charlotte's Web and you can look at the picture and see here on page 92 what the web is looking like so far. A spider can produce several kinds of thread. She uses a dry, tough thread for foundation lines and she uses a sticky thread for snare lines, the ones that catch and hold insects. Charlotte decided to use her dry thread for writing the new message. If I write the word terrific with sticky thread, she thought, Every bug that comes along will get stuck in it and spoil the effect. Now, let's see. The first letter is T. Charlotte climbed to a point at the top of the left-hand side of the web, swinging her spinnerets into position. She attached her thread and then dropped down. As she dropped, her spinning tubes went into action and she let out thread. At the bottom, she attached the thread. This formed the upright part of the letter T. Charlotte was not satisfied, however. She climbed up and made another attachment right next to the first. Then she carried the line down so that she had a double line instead of a single line. It will show up better if I make the whole thing with double lines. She climbed back up, moved over about an inch to the left, touched her spinnerets to the web, and then carried a line across to the right, forming the top of the T. She repeated this, making it double. Her eight legs were, were very busy helping. Now for the E. Charlotte got so interested in her work, she began to talk to herself as though to cheer herself on. If you had been sitting quietly in the barn cellar that evening, you would have heard something like this. Now for the R, up we go, attach, descend, payout line, whoa, attach, good, up you go, repeat, attach, descend, payout line, whoa, girl, steady now, attach, climb, attach, over to the right. Pay outline, attach. Now right and down and swing that loop around and around. Now into the left, attach, climb, repeat. Okay. Easy. Keep those lines together. Now, then out and down for the leg, for the R. Pay outline. Whoa, attach, ascend, repeat. Good girl. And so, talking to herself, the spider worked at her difficult task. When it was completed, she felt hungry. She ate a small bug that she had been saving. Then she slept. Next morning, Wilbur arose, which basically means next morning, Wilbur woke up and stood beneath the web. He breathed the morning air into his lungs. Drops of dew catching the sun made the web stand out clearly. When Lurvy arrived with breakfast, there was a handsome pig, and over him, woven neatly in black letters, was the word terrific, another miracle. Lurvy rushed and called Mr. Zuckerman. Mr. Zuckerman rushed and called Mrs. Zuckerman. Mrs. Zuckerman ran to the phone and called the Arables. The Arables climbed into their truck and hurried over. So let me pause here just a little bit, guys. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in this chapter so far. Uh, one thing that I hope you have noticed so far in this chapter is 
pay attention to the details that the writer uh, E.B. White is putting into, uh, you know, when it comes to describing Charlotte's hard work. So the spider's hard work. She's working really, really hard to create this amazing web. And remember, she has a plan. What is her plan? She's trying to save her friend Wilbur. She doesn't want Wilbur to be killed for Christmas because that's just what people do very often around Christmas. They kill pigs so that they can eat um, ham on Christmas Eve, right? So that's her plan. Her plan is to save her friend, uh, the pig, right, Wilbur. And so she is the one waving these... Um, you know, the, the, this web, and, and it's actually an incredible process. And that's why the writer is really taking his time here. He's really, he really wants to take us, the readers, into this story and really get us to understand what a miracle a little spider is, right? I'll, let me tell you something. Before I read this book, I never really thought about what a miracle a little tiny spider is. And as you are listening to this to this podcast episode right now, I also want to know you. I, I, I also want to ask you, I mean, really, when was the last time you looked at a little spider and thought, wow, that's a little miracle right there, right? But if you really pay attention to the details and the complexity that goes into waving this web and creating this web it is a miracle and and yes this is a story this is a book a fictional book but think about it this is exactly what spiders do in real life right have you ever woken up and looked out and seen this like magnificent spider web right again before I read this book, I never ever thought about a spider web. I swear to God, nowadays, whenever I see a spider web or whenever I see a spider, I always remember this story because it's an incredible little creature, right? It, it, you know, how can a spider know what to do and, and how does a spider know how to make a web have you ever thought about that before you know so I guess what I'm trying to really share with you here is that I think that's exactly what the writer of this book wants us to do he wants us to think about this little miracle of a spider you know and, and how does a spider actually know how to wave a web how do they know that? Who teaches them to do this? Are they born with this knowledge? You know what I'm saying? That there are all these deep philosophical questions here, right? Um, so, so that's one thing. Another thing is, I want to remind you guys again that we, we are witnessing a, a very unusual friendship between a spider and a pig, right? And I've talked about this in other other chapters and I've told you that well maybe the writer is trying to do exactly that he's trying to push us to look at this 
kind of weird, unusual friendship and understand that some friendships can look a little bit weird, you know, but but it could be a very, very deep, very profound, very special um, friendship, just like the one Wilbur and Charlotte have in this chapter. Okay, all right. So, you know, as you guys know so far, I, I try my best to kind of give you my, some of my observations when it comes to this book. And it's not because I don't think you know how to interpret a book, of course not. But I, I told you this at the very, very beginning when we first started reading this book. I want to help you to learn a little bit of English here, but I also want to help you to become a better reader so that you can truly, truly appreciate the value of a good book. Okay? All right, so I'm going to continue here. Everybody stood at the pig pen and stared at the web and read the word over and over while Wilbur, who really felt terrific, stood quietly swelling out his chest and swinging his snout from side to side. So, as you can see here, guys, once again, there is kind of, everybody is amazed. Everybody's like, whoa, what the hell? What kind of a pig do we have here? Does this pig know how to write or something? Like, what's going on here, right? Okay. Terrific, said Zuckerman in joyful admiration. Edith, you better call the reporter on the Weekly Chronicle and tell him what has happened. He will want to know about this. He may want to bring a photographer. There isn't a pig in the whole state that is as terrific as our pig. The news spread. People who had journeyed to see Wilbur when he was some pig came back again to see him now that he was terrific. That afternoon, when Mr. Zuckerman went to milk the cows and clean out the tie-ups, he was still thinking about what a wondrous pig he owned. Lurvy, he called. There is to be no more cow manure thrown down into the big pen. I have a terrific pig. I want that pig to have clean, bright straw every day for his bedding. Understand? Yes, sir, said Lurvy. Furthermore, said Mr. Zuckerman, I want you to start building a crate for Wilbur. I have decided to take the pig to the county fair on September 6th. Make the crate large and painted green with gold letters. What will the letters say? asked Lurvy. They should say Zuckerman's famous pig. Okay, I'm going to stop here once again because I want to talk about what's going on in the story so far. Now look, all of a sudden, the situation has started to change for Wilbur. All of a sudden, the farmer, Mr. Zuckerman, is like, wait a minute, I have an amazing pig, so I have to change things a little bit for this pig. We have to uh, clean the place where he's sleeping. We're going to give him a bigger, you know, um, uh, like little thing where they put the food in. So you see, slowly the farmer is starting to treat Wilbur in a very, very special way. Okay, and now we also understand that the farmer is planning on taking Wilbur to the county fair. 
okay? Think about the county fair as a little, a little get-together. People get together, it's like, you know, there are animals there, there's food that you can buy, there are carousels, you know, it's like a fun little day, a fun little, I would say like a little celebration of some sort. And uh, so he's planning to take Wilbur to this fair, right? Now think about it. Do you think that the farmer would take the pig to a county fair if, it, if, if Charlotte had not done what she has done? I don't think so. I don't think so. So once again, we can see how special this friendship is between Charlotte and Wilbur. She really, really cares about saving this pig and she's working really hard to save him. Now, Lurvy picked up a pitchfork and walked away to get some clean straw. Having such an important pig was going to mean plenty of extra work. He could see that. Below the apple orchard at the end of a path was the dump where Mr. Zuckerman threw all sorts of trash and stuff that nobody wanted anymore. Here in a small clearing hidden by young elders and wild raspberry bushes was an astonishing pile of old ball oh my gosh bottles and empty tin cans and dirty rags and bits of metal and broken bottles and broken hinges and broken springs and dead batteries and last month's magazines and old discarded um dish mops and tattered overalls and rusty spikes and leaky pails and forgotten stoppers and useless junk of all kinds including a wrong size crank for a broken ice cream freezer. Templeton knew the dump and liked it. There were good hiding places there, excellent cover for a rat and there was usually a tin can with food still clinging to the inside. Templeton was down there now, rummaging around. When he returned to the barn, he carried in his mouth an advertisement he had torn from a crumbled magazine. How's this? he asked, showing the ad to Charlotte. It says crunchy. Crunchy would be a good word to write in your web. Just the wrong idea, replied Charlotte couldn't be worse. We don't want Zuckerman to think Wilbur is crunchy. He might start thinking about a crisp, crunchy bacon and taste ham. That would put ideas into his head. We must advertise Wilbur's noble qualities, not his tastiness. Go get another word, please, Templeton. You see, Templeton is kind of stupid. <laughs> he brings this crazy word, crunchy, when something is crunchy, it's like, you know, when, when, you tr when you eat it, you can hear the sound, you know, like, right? So, obviously, if you're eating bacon, you, I guess you would like your bacon to be, um, you know, to be crunchy. So, that's a really bad idea. We don't want to give the farmer any ideas of killing uh, the, the pig, right? Okay. I'm sorry, Templeton, she said, but pre-shrunk is out of the question. We want Zuckerman to think Wilbur is nicely filled, um, filled out, not all, not all shrunk up. I'll have to ask you to try it again. 
What do you think I am, a messenger boy? Grumbled the rat. I'm not going to spend all my time chasing down to the dump after advertising material. Just once more, please, said Charlotte. I'll tell you what I'll do, said Templeton. I know where there's a package of soap flakes in the woodshed. It was right, it was writing on it. Oh no, it has writing on it. I'll bring you a piece of the package. He climbed the rope that hung on the wall and disappeared through a hole in the ceiling. When he came back, he had a strip of blue and white cardboard in his teeth. There, he said triumphantly. How's that? Charlotte read the words with new radiant action. What does it mean? asked Charlotte, who has never used any soap flakes in her life. How should I know, said Templeton. You asked for words and I brought them. I suppose the next thing you'll want me is to, uh, no, the next thing you'll want me to fetch is a dictionary. By the way, the verb to fetch, it reminds me of like old British English. So it's like, oh, let me fetch some water. Let me get some water, you know, or let me fetch uh, my my coat. Let me get my coat, right? To fetch. Uh, together they studied the soap ad. With new radiant action, repeated Charlotte slowly. Wilbur, she called. Wilbur, who was asleep in the straw, jumped up. Run around, commanded Charlotte. I want to see you in action, to see if you are radiant. Wilbur raced to the end of his yard. Now back again, faster, said Charlotte. Wilbur galloped again. His skin shone. His tail had a fine, tight curl in it. Jump into the air, cried Charlotte. Wilbur jumped as high as he could. Keep your knees straight and touch the ground with your ears, called Charlotte. Wilbur obeyed. Do a backflip with half a twist in it, cried Charlotte. Wilbur went over backwards, wittering and twisting as he went. Okay, Wilbur, said Charlotte, you can go back to sleep now. Okay, Templeton, the soap ad will do, I guess. I'm not sure Wilbur's action is exactly radiant, but it's interesting. Actually, said Wilbur, I feel radiant. This is a really good word, by the way, guys, radiant. For example, if your face, if your skin is radiant, you have really good skin, like your skin is kind of shining, right? Actually, said Wilbur, I feel radiant. Do you? said Charlotte, looking at him with affection. Well, you're a good little pig, and radiant you shall be. I'm in this thing pretty deep now. I might as well go the limit. Tired from his romp, Wilbur lay down in the clean straw. He closed his eyes. The straw seemed scratchy. Not as comfortable as the cow manure, which was always delightfully soft to lie in. So, he pushed the straw to one side and stretched out in the manure. Wilbur sighed. It had been a busy day, his first day of being terrific. Dozens of people had visited his yard during the afternoon, and he had had to stand and pose, looking as terrific as he could. Now he was tired. Fern had arrived and seated herself quietly on her stool in the corner. Tell me a story, Charlotte, said Wilbur, as he lay waiting for sleep to come. Tell me a story. 
So Charlotte, although she too was tired, did what Wilbur wanted. Once upon a time, she began, I had a beautiful cousin who managed to build her web across a small stream. One day, a tiny fish leaped into the air and got tangled in the web. My cousin was very much surprised, of course. The fish was trashing wildly. My cousin hardly dared tackle it, but she did. She swooped down and threw great masses of wrapping material around the fish and fought bravely to capture it. Did she succeed? asked Wilbur. It was a never-to-be-forgotten battle, said Charlotte. There was the fish, caught only by one fin, and its tail wildly trashing and shining in the sun. There was the web, sagging dangerously under the weight of the fish. How much did the fish weigh? asked Wilbur eagerly. I don't know, said Charlotte. There was my cousin, slipping in dodging out, beaten mercilessly over the head by the wildly thrashing fish, dancing in and dancing out, throwing her threads and fighting hard. First, she threw a left around the tail. The fish lashed back, then a left to the tail and a right to the midsection. The fish lashed back, then she dodged to one side and threw a right and another right to the fin. Then, a hard left to the head, while the web swayed and stretched. Then what happened? asked Wilbur. Nothing, said Charlotte. The fish lost the fight. My cousin wrapped it up so tight it couldn't budge. Then what happened? asked Wilbur. Nothing, said Charlotte. My cousin kept the fish for a while, and then when she got good and ready, she ate it. Tell me another story, begged Wilbur. So... Charlotte told him another cause uh, uh, told him about another cousin of hers who was an aeronaut. What is an aeronaut? Is well asked Wilbur. A balloonist, said Charlotte. My cousin used to stand on her head and let out enough thread to form a balloon. Then she'd let go and be lifted into the air and carried upward on the warm wind. Is that true? asked Wilbur. Or are you just making it up? It's true, replied Charlotte. I have some very remarkable cousins. I have some very amazing cousins, right? And now, Wilbur, it's time you went to sleep. Sing something, begged Wilbur, closing his eyes. So Charlotte sang a lullaby while crickets chirped in the grass and the barn grew dark. This was the song she sang. So... I want you guys to understand what a lullaby is. A lullaby is a song that we usually sing for little kids. You know, I don't know, something like, go to sleep, little boy. You know, that's kind of a lullaby, okay? Okay, so Charlotte sang a lullaby uh, to Wilbur. By the way, why do we sing lullabies to little kids? Well, we want to help them to fall asleep faster right okay so so this is the lullaby that charlotte sang for wilbur sleep sleep my love my only deep deep in the dung and the dark be not afraid and be not lonely this is the hour when frogs and thrushes praise the world from the woods and the rushes rest from care my one and only deep in the dung 
and the dark. But Wilbur was already asleep when the song ended. Fern got up and went home. That's the end of chapter 13, guys. I hope you enjoyed this chapter. I hope that you are enjoying this book so far. I hope you're enjoying this book as much as I enjoy it. I also hope that at this point of the book, you are really, really analyzing this special friendship between Charlotte the spider and Wilbur the pig. As you can see, Charlotte is a really good friend. She is an amazing, remarkable friend. And we still have to figure out the same question, which is, is she going to be able to save Wilbur's life? Or are they going to make ham out of Wilbur? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for participating. I really appreciate it. Until next time.